podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Chalk Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Uh, we have a special episode for you tonight. We are we're actually previewing the, the Syracuse-Kansas matchup in the Miami, I'm sorry, in the Hoop Hall Miami Invitational. Uh, to, to help us do that, I'm joined by John Casillo, the managing editor of uh, Troy Nunez is an Absolute Magician, the SB Nation site that covers the Syracuse Orange. How are you doing tonight, John? Doing well, Andy. Sounds great. So uh, I, I'm, I'm sure when this game came up on the schedule that uh, you were probably pretty excited to be able to play Kansas, right, given the history that we have playing each other? Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh, there, there's so few teams that historically we can rub salt in a wound in the way we can with Kansas. So for us, it was, it, it was a nice way to really just kind of jump back into that, uh, you know, 2003 game and post a bunch of Hucky Morris guests for about, Two yeah, and and not just the 2003 game, but in the 2008, I believe it was CBE Classic. Um, that was a game that one I, of my favorites. Huh? Yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, that was a game. I'm pretty sure Kansas was actually favored in that one pretty well, and um, ended up just letting it go down the stretch. So, yeah, I, I don't. I actually had done a a Q and A Q&A with one of the other guys over on your site um, earlier today, and had mentioned you know the fact that Syracuse. 3-0 and in tournament finals against Kansas. Uh, that would be the West Regional Final. Um, and then and then obviously the National Championship game in 2003 and then that CBE Final. So, um, you know, we're actually in the, the final of a tournament here, even though it's a really strange tournament the way they do their campus games and then these, these final games here. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if it counts, but we'll see if, if that can keep going. So, for, so real quick, for those for those of us Kansas fans that don't really know too much about Syracuse, um, I, I know you guys lost quite a bit from your from last year's team. Uh, you guys were picked tenth or picked to finish tenth in the ACC this year. Um, does that sound about right? I mean, did you guys like lose that much and really aren't expecting to be in the top tier of the conference this year? I mean, we did lose a ton, admittedly. Uh, Andrew White really scored by the line of the NBA. Also lost John Gillen. Torian Thompson was a surprise transfer late in the summer. Um, so we did lose a ton of scoring from last year. Uh, and then that really has a little uneasy. I think even, uh, you know, Jeff Beheim said at ACC Media Day uh, in Charlotte, like mentioned, like, this definitely was one of the more young and, and experienced teams we had. But, you know, we also alluded to the fact that if the big men were able to show up, um, and really kind of, you know, prove themselves in the zone early, then maybe we could be in for a surprise. And, and so far, this actually worked out pretty well. I mean, Syracuse's big men as, as a group have been better than they've been in a while. Uh, I mean, none of them are, are you know, your, uh, like, all-American types or anything like that. But as a unit, they're able to rebound really well, and we're one of the better offensive rebounding teams right now, which is new for us. Um, in general, like, these guys are playing really energetic basketball. They're really showing themselves, and as a group, they're they're producing at a, I think a higher level than we thought we could out of them, especially this early. Yeah. So, um, 
it's, it's, it's interesting that you're talking about just how, how good the, the big men are. You know, I was looking up interesting stats on, on Ken Palm, and I noticed that you guys have the, uh, the average height. It's the biggest in the nation. Um, how has how that kind of helped with the zone that, that Jim Beheim normally runs there? Has it made a noticeable difference? or? I think it has. I think, you know, Jim Beheim in the last 10 years has really – I think he, he stopped looking for guys that had the biggest names or had the biggest, you know, hype cycle around them in recruiting and really went for – I mean, we were still getting blue chippers, but went for the guys who had the, the, the body and, and skill set that really, you know, complemented the zone really well, and that's why Syracuse is a really, really good defensive team from, like, 2000 – probably 12, well, yeah, not 2001, 2012, through like 2015. Um, and a lot of it's just the length, and it's the length all around, not just on, not just with the, you know, the forwards, but the guards, too, are all like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, six, six. Like we, we're just getting really long players that are able to cover a ton of ground in that zone, you know, very quickly and very easily. And like none of the guys in the middle, even like a guy like Pascal Chukwu, who's like 7'2", he's even a little bit, Frame-wise, you know, smaller. Like every, everybody has the athleticism and, and the length to be able to to move around very quickly, and that's really made this zone um, fairly active um, and really hard to penetrate for, for a lot of teams so far. Yeah. So, so speaking of the zone, I think obviously the the big story going into the game is going to be you know Kansas's outside shooters against that you know I mean famed Syracuse zone that we that that you guys are always running. Um, I mean. It, are you worried at all about just how how good Kansas is shooting from the outside? I mean, is that really the best way to attack the zone? And, and is Kansas probably the best team you guys are going to see in terms of being able to attack it this year? Uh, I mean, you guys are so good at shooting threes that it becomes problematic. I think attacking the zone with just threes has proven to be kind of a foolish endeavor for a lot of teams over the years. Um, that's usually what a lot of the majors try to do to us, just because they don't have the size to really – you know, hang around on the board. So for them, they figure if we just keep chucking up threes, eventually, like, you know, something might might hit for us. And then occasionally it does work out. But you even saw, like, in the tournament a few years back, Wisconsin hit, like, I think 21, 22 threes, something like that against us. And they still lost the game. And it was just because they weren't able to, to get to the boards when they were, um, I think they hit, like, 40% of their shots, but they weren't able to get to the boards when they were missing. Um, you guys don't necessarily miss as much, and, and that's really going to be the key for you. I think um, if you're going to if you're going to hit threes at the rate you have been, um, and if you're going to be able to hit from the floor at the rate you have been, like our ability to rebound is not really going to come into play. Um, right. I, I think that there's for you guys the fact that you spread the love around between five guys uh, really really well also hurts us because we can't really key in on a guy though. Uh, you know. Uh, Kind of Jared last week, he like was the only guy from Maryland that was really going to beat us. So we let him get his points. We let him shoot some three. Then we keyed in on everybody else, and they ended up, you know, losing by two. I think that's not really a luxury for for us against Kansas. And then I think that you know, Jim Beheim's probably been focusing in on you know more and more just team defense and covering a lot of us the floor. Um, but it's definitely going to be tough to close out. You know, more athletic guys on the wing who can really hit three. Um, I'm personally very concerned about it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I probably would be too if I was on the other side of it. So um, the other thing that kind of sneaks up on you, I think, is is looking at the Kansas defense against 
the Syracuse offense. You know, again, I was looking on Ken Palm earlier, um, you know, and it looks like Syracuse, on the other hand, is not really that good of a three-point shooting team at all, and they don't really attempt to take a lot of three-point shots. Um, so, you know, if, if they get down early, it's going to be kind of hard, it seems like, for them to be able to make a big run and, and get back into the game unless the other teams have stopped making anything at all. Um, are, are you worried? I mean, how, how worried are you about the way that Kansas has been able to perform defensively, or is there some thought that maybe that's just because of the, the level of competition that they've been playing? I mean, I, I think Kansas's defense is, is going to come into play a little bit. I think it's more more than that. I think it's just going to be what Syracuse can't do on offense. And as you alluded to, like Syracuse can't can't play from from too far behind. They can't necessarily play with pace the way some previous Syracuse teams did. I think mean, last year's team used to be able to run a little bit. This year's team is is, is just not that great in the half court offense, and that's going to be you know, really problematic if we inevitably are down to Kansas by five to seven to ten points. Like, that could be a boulder rolling downhill really quickly uh, for us because, as you said, we're not we're not a team that can hit three. Tyus Dowell has some ability there, but you know, unlike previous Syracuse teams, you know, Andrew White was a sharpshooter last year, Trevor Cooney was a sharpshooter for years, um, with that guy with Eric Stevendorf, et cetera. Like, we don't have a guy who's going to be able to knock down that three and really, you know, help swing momentum. Um, and that's going to be key, especially in a building that is going to be at least 50-50 when we do have a decent amount of transplants down there. Um, so I expect an interesting crowd, uh, not something really either team used to. Uh, but I, I I don't think – I think the Kansas' defense is going to play A-factor, but I think Syracuse's offense, they're going to ability to really push the tempo and, and be able to kind of change the pace um, quickly. I don't think – I think that's going to end up derailing them if they find themselves down early. Yeah, I think that that's fair. So, all right. So, um, let's let's talk about matchups specifically. Um, you know, obviously with uh, with Syracuse being a, a very tall and long team, um, you would you would think that Kansas, you know, normally running a four guard lineup would potentially put them at a bit of, a bit of a disadvantage. But the one thing I think that gets forgotten in that is that while Kansas does run four guards, every single one of their guards is, is typically pretty big. You know, a, a lot of people think of Frank Mason last year, who was basically six foot, I mean, or, or under, um, you know, really, really small guy running that lineup. But everybody this year is at least six three, six four. Um, are, are you? Are, are there any particular matchups that you're looking forward to, or you think are going to be particularly important that that would favor Syrac- Syracuse in this game? Uh, to be honest, I mean, you guys are number two in the country for a reason. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any matchup that, that goes heavily, heavily in our favor. I, I just think what we're going to have to do here, if we have any chance, is just hope you miss. And then <laughs> and I hope, I hope that the rebounding, you know, is, is able to make the difference. I think, again, this is a, this is a different Syracuse team than where you do, and it's really going to rely heavily on rebounding. Uh, I just think that, you know, I said this a little earlier, too, like, you guys are going to be too athletic on the wing and having a guy who's the eight someone out there like that, none of our bigs are going to be able to, to hang with him from an athleticism standpoint, from a skate standpoint. And he, he should be able to quickly kind of spread that zone as thin as possible, and, and that's where I get very concerned. Yeah. Um, now, what about, I was going to say, the, uh, the other way, are there any are there any particular matchups that you're extremely concerned about that you think are going to get, you know, that, that Kansas is going to be able to abuse Syracuse all night long on? 
Uh, I mean, if you're going to run four guards most of the night, um, I think we could get some traction inside, but our biggest problem, I think, is that we don't really have a big who can who can make plays inside. So if you guys like, if you guys want to have, you know, one player in the middle um, and, and dare us to to hit layups with our, you know, center all night, uh, that sounds like a recipe for the tester for us, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I've kind of like bounced back and forth about a couple different things here, but. I don't think there's one specific matchup that, that worries me. I think it's really just a combination of, of factors for what you guys do really well and what we probably don't do as well right now. So as a team, I, I think that we, we're kind of waiting in the water that might not be too advantageous. All right. Well, I think that that kind of covers most of what we can talk about for the game. Um, Although I, I I will ask, what are your thoughts about getting to play this down in Miami? Would would you rather have seen a game like this maybe on one of the home sites for one of these teams, or are you liking the fact that this is a neutral court game? Uh, I mean, I don't mind. A home, home sites are fun. If you're the road team, you get to get a nice little RPI boost and more of an RPI boost than you would, um, you know, from a neutral site game. That said, like you have plenty of fans in the southeast. I'm sure you guys do too throwing them a bone and having them be able to see a game in Miami, uh, get some warmer weather, and just things start to get colder around the country, that's fine. Um, I'd love to see you guys in the Dome once because you've never been there. <laughs> I looked the other day. We've actually played you guys more counting this game than any other team without you ever traveling to Syracuse. Yeah, there's been a total of five matchups. The first one, I believe it was back in 66, if I remember correctly. Um, that was the only one that was in Lawrence. Um, the, all the other four matchups have been on, on a neutral court. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting that we've never actually played at Syracuse and that we haven't had more games that are on a campus site. So um, I, I think it's kind of – it'd be hard-pressed, hard I think, to find another team that we've played at least five times, um, you know, that we haven't actually traveled there yet. So it's, it's a little bit of a strange thing for me, too. <laughs> Hey, if you guys want a football basketball deal, we're in. What? If you guys want a football and basketball, like, two-for-one deal, we're, uh, we're happy to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, that would be uh, – I don't know that our football team would do well traveling anywhere. I mean, we went to Rutgers a couple years back and just got completely slaughtered. So, um, yeah, I don't know that I really want our football team to play anybody, let alone <laughs> – <laughs> to be honest, I, I'm not really uh, – yeah, I, I was I was really hoping to be doing a, a coaching search right now, and that's not going to happen. So, all right, so let's go ahead and I, I guess get to the main question of the day. Um, how, how do you see this game turning out? Uh, I mean, it sounds like from from the comments we've had that you don't have a lot of hope that Syracuse is going to be able to pull off the upset win. Um, but so 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 we'll kind of follow it up too with not only what do you think the final score is going to be, but who do you think the leading score is going to be for each team? Uh, I mean, for me, I think that Syracuse is going to be able to kind of hang around for a half, you know, keep it interesting. Maybe they're only down two at half, maybe they're only down four or so. Uh, but then I do think that Kansas is shooting. If it hasn't already heated up in the first half, it will find a way in the second. Um, I think Kansas ends up pulling away and winning by, like I said, in our own prediction thread, 14, like 85-71. Kind of like a fair final score. And I think for me, like, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to come into this game and pull an upset. I think let's just let's just avoid injury. Let's let's try and learn some things that, that we can kind of take going forward. 
Kansas might end up being the most talented team we play um, all season, depending on what you think of Duke and North Carolina. Um, so for, for us, just being able to, to expose younger players to that type of competitive environment, um, those type of players um, and, and great shooters that they're going to be up against, um, I, I think that that might have, while initially the loss has been stuck, being getting them that exposure and, and getting us a little more acclimated to that type of play versus, you know, your Oaklands and Toledo's in the world, I think that that's going to have a lot of value down the road. Um, I'm pretty sure Devontae Graham's going to leave you guys in scoring, um, but really could be anybody. I'm not even – I'm not going to pretend that, that I'd be surprised if, if any of your uh, your starting five go off for, for 25 points or so. Um, and then for us, it's, the only way we're even close in this game is to tie a battle for at least 20 or so. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I, I Tie battle, I think, is the, the obvious choice for you guys. Um, Kansas, yeah, I mean, they've got enough people, you know, that have led us in scoring or have been able to put up explosive performances that I don't really know what to think in terms of who's going to lead scoring there. Um, you know, if, if, if you had asked me last week, it would have been easy to say it's going to be Svi. Um, I always trip over saying he's a whole name. Sviatoslav Mikhailu. Hey, I actually got it first try. Um, <laughs> you know, he is uh, – he's actually stepped up real big in his game. He's, he's been – an early go-to guy for this team, but um, playing against Toledo, Devontae Graham went off for 35 points in like 30 minutes or less, uh, which was a huge explosion for him. I've maintained all year long that I think Devontae Graham is is probably going to be less of a Frank Mason type leader where he's going and, may, and creating his own shot and, you know, to really taking over games by himself. Um, and it's more going to be like facilitating everyone else and allowing a guy like, like Svi or LeGerald Vick um, or even Malik Newman, you know, be the guy that's going to do a bunch of the scoring, um, but but setting them up so they can be successful like that. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Graham continues to score at this pace, just because you know we we've seen him able to do it in certain in in certain instances. Uh, he had a big game against Buddy Heald in Oklahoma, completely shut them down, and then you know was a huge force on offense as well. So. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it is Graham, but I think I'm probably going to lean toward uh, Svi actually getting back and, and, and leading. Um, but, yeah, I, I do agree that I think Kansas wins this one by double digits. Um, I, I could easily see, and actually I think I said in the uh, Q&A that I did with you guys that, you know, I think, I think Kansas is going to struggle a little bit early trying to get used to the zone. Um, you know, they're going to find their footing end of the first half jump out to probably about a 20-point lead or so early in the second half and then just kind of coast from there as both teams settle in and just try to get out of there with any ma- without major injuries or anything like that. I, I, I do agree that, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a really good game for you guys experience-wise. And, of course, you know, playing the number two team in the nation probably isn't going to hurt when it comes to strength of schedule and things like that that may potentially become important if you guys are pushing for a late uh, bubble spot. For the for the tournament, so um, you guys you guys think that the tournament's a, a, a decent possibility this year, or, or are you just concerned about how young the team or how I guess inexperienced the team is that that may be a problem? Uh, I mean, going into the year, I'd say fans are pretty split. I think we thought we were a bubble team, uh, probably a step below last year, but I think you know with a weaker bubble, one win here or there uh, can kind of you know bounce you in or out. I think now we've seen enough early on that I think we, we were sure Tyus Battle was going to be a leader, but we didn't know how much. So as long as he stays healthy, um, he's probably going to be one of the better players in the conference. 
and, and that's really going to help kind of propel us forward on offense. I think we were uncertain about what we get out of Frank Howard. Um, at the point guard spot, we've really gotten, you know, a, a, some great strides forward from him after a rough, you know, first two years. And then, like I said, it's, uh, you know, right at the very top, the, the bigs are really kind of showing up. We're seeing a lot of great freshman play um, at the forward position. So I feel more confident now, and I think that there's enough rockiness in the ACC. You know, we face some rebuilding teams twice, the Pitt twice, BC twice, Wake Forest twice, like, those are all teams that if you're looking up and down the ACC schedules, you want to face those teams a couple times to kind of pay the win total. So I, I, I do have some confidence that, that we can get to 20, 21 wins, and as long as we win a game in the ACC tournament, I think we can, we can kind of eke in as, a, as an at-large team. And that's really all you can expect from, from a young group that's, you know, kind of built for the first time maybe in a while for if you kind of building toward uh, what could be a really, really good, uh, you know, next season, this is kind of transition year for us. Sounds, sounds good. So, uh, are you surprised at all that that Syracuse is undefeated at this point? Uh, not really. I mean, you, you look at the, the schedule. Maryland's really the only major test, and I thought that they could take a step back from from recent seasons, and it seems like they did that to an extent. So, I wouldn't say I'm surprised at six and zero. I think it's I think it's great that we are six and zero. I think it was nice to see. Yeah, the team be able to put themselves in in a, in a tough situation late against a, a pretty good uh, Terps team, but you know we'll, we'll see. I, I think that the more the more wins you get with a young team early, uh, the more confidence I think they'll have later on, and, and you don't really see that kind of breakdown when when a young team just gets kind of like hammered by some tougher foes uh, early on. They never really recover. All right. Well, I think that about covers it for, for tonight. So uh, thanks, thanks, John, for joining me. Um, good luck to you guys on Saturday. Hopefully not too much luck. You know, I, I don't really want to see an upset, but uh, I am hoping for for at least a good game that is that is interesting enough to watch from start to finish. So, um, all right. Uh, thanks again for joining me, and thank you guys for listening. This has been a special edition of the Rock Shark Talk podcast. We are. Uh, we, we aren't going to be able to get the other the other piece that I thought we would have for this episode of, of talking with Jill Dorsey Hall about the volleyball team, but uh, but we will have that for you sometime early next week. So um, stay tuned for that and make sure you watch the game. I'm sure I'm sure John and I will both be watching that um, from start to finish. So uh, we will, we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chop Talk podcast. Podcast Network.